Welcome to A Story to Share. My name is Megan Adderwan and I'm your host. Today's guest is Henrik Dornbos and this is our very first episode. Henrik is from Henry the Life Coach and lives in Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. Today's topic is Henry's story about the things that she hasn't said out loud before, the things that she's carried with her her entire life. Henrik is from the Netherlands. Although she's from a mixed race background, she grew up in a family that was predominantly surrounded by white people. And it wasn't until early 2020 that she had what she calls her colorful awakening, where she shares her story of how she has navigated being biracial and what that looks like in the current climate of the world, where people are starting to have honest, real conversations about race alongside the Black Lives Matter movement not just in the United States, but around the world, where we are starting to recognize what it means to actually be vulnerable to talk about our biases, to talk about what we don't understand, and to talk about what the true meaning of what we call racism really is. In this conversation, Henry and I dive deep into the fact that you don't know what you don't know. But the reality is, that the only way that change is ever going to happen is if we put aside our fears and are willing to have these conversations. So I invite you to listen with an open heart and an open mind and to ask yourself these same questions. Welcome to A Story to Share. We're here with our first guest, Henry. Hi. Hi, Henry. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's hot out there. Yes. (laughs) The hot season is here. It is. It is. So we're here to talk about you. Mm Mm-hmm. So, where would you like to start today? Um, well, actually, you asked me um, to think about a story to share. Yeah. Right. So, um, what does a story to share mean to you? A story to share means something that you wouldn't share necessarily in easy day-to-day conversations. It's one of those things where you kind of sit down and delve a little bit deeper into kind of like a, a background story. Yeah, that's what I came in with. Wonderful. And that's what we're hoping you will share. And I'm really excited to hear what you have to share today. Yeah. Yeah. So where would you like to start? Um, one of the things that uh, we talked about was things that you don't necessarily see on the outside. Um, so we discussed a little bit, you know, where we're from, what we did, kind of like past lives, feelings, and... One of the themes that I have noticed coming up more and more often, I've never shared it, I've never had, I mean, not never, but I haven't had a many conversations about it, and I call it my colorful awakening. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> it sounds very, yeah, it's, I've, I've named it in a very um, like a positive, uh, forward-thinking way, um, but yeah, my colorful awakening. So it basically boils down to last year I realized that I was black. I know. <laughs> that is a colorful awakening. It's a colorful awakening. It's just one of those things where it's like, ah, I never looked at myself in that way. Um, so I can't wait to hear more. <laughs> yeah. When did that start for you? Um, or would you like to give us kind of some background? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it started in... February last year, 
where uh, during tech holiday I was invited to go um, to spend a couple of days at the beach mm. in a nice villa with a pool with a group of friends. It was so good. We had so many fantastic conversations. And I met a couple of new people. I uh, got reacquainted to some friends. And it was overall a very good vibe. And then I met this guy, uh, Youssef, and he has the same skin tone as me, um, American. And I met him, and I think his girlfriend, uh, a month earlier. And he, we just all participated, and it was a fun night. And they introduced me to some games. They used to be drinking games, and now it was literally the game without the alcohol. <laughs> and like, for a couple of moments, the way he presented himself, the way he was making jokes, the way he was, I don't know, just the way he was showing up as him, I, I remember thinking, oh, you get to do that with that skin color. I was like, what, what, what? And I never had that thought before. Um, but I was just looking at him and looking at my skin tone and looking at the group and that was the first time I kind of realized like, oh, there's something that I'm dealing with. There's something that I have, you know, either insecurities about or I'm not really sure of that I noticed that in other people. So that was February. And then um, in July, um, he died. Yeah. And he wasn't wasn't really we weren't really close but he had such an impact on my life that when he passed away it kind of felt like a wait a second whoa life is continuing because it felt like everybody was on hold because of the virus and uh, you know all the lockdowns and nobody was really you know it was kind of like panic mode we either sit stay or we go home. That was like the context, the whole conversation. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to go home? Are you going to stay? And then all of a sudden he passed away and I was like, whoa, life just continues. Of course, it everything just goes on. So that was, in February, that was the first time. And then I was like, okay, um, there is no, let's figure that out in the future, per se. There was no, um, we can always go back to that later. And I've always had a very open and uh, good relationship with my mother. So we've had mother and daughter conversations um, about these things. And I then finally started to face some, uh, some racism in my own family that we've had. And that was his death kind of was the catapult for me to say, okay, we're we're doing this now. There is no after, there is no future, there is no waiting for anything anymore. And that was, yeah, that's how it started. And it feels like I'm still in it. It's something that has started last year and it's just getting better, bigger. At some point I was like, I'm getting blacker as well. <laughs> so well, that's yeah. a really powerful realization. Yeah. yeah. And now that has it because it was it, it started with this tiny little thing of oh how I see other people of the same skin color mm -hmm. and then I noticed how I was brought up to think about people with the same skin color mm -hmm. or a different skin color 
how I perceive because I'm like kind of in like uh, from milk chocolate to dark chocolate I'm kind of in the middle sorry from white chocolate to uh, dark I'm the milk and then how I see uh, the white spectrum how I see the blacker spectrum and to go into kind of like an internal conversation it's like okay what's here what's happening and then to have that slowly that conversation with friends with family with um and to face that racism in my family as well and it's it has changed how i see myself mm -hmm. so that was like a kind of like a catalyst to where i'm sitting now speaking about this it's, it's been a very interesting journey. Yeah. So, if we go to that spectrum, mm. before this all happened with Yusuf, yeah. before you had this experience, and before you were able to, um, you know, have the, what did you call it? The awakening. The awakening. The realization. I was like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> what did you say? What did you say? The, what were your next Colorful words? awakening. Colorful <laughs> awakening. So before you were, I was so mesmerized by what you were just saying. Mm. I forgot. I forgot what, right, what the term was because yeah. I'm just so invested in, in your story. Oh god, colorful awakening. Mm. So before the colorful awakening, where did you see yourself on the spectrum? How did you identify on the spectrum? I kind of forgot that I am black. I always thought that okay. I was white okay. because it's. I was raised in a white family, mm -hmm. and let's say where I'm from. The, the pool of color is mostly white, uh, white with gray hair, and I'm the most diverse in a lot of situations. Um, so, and I realized that you kind of identify with what you see, of course. And I, <laughs> there was a couple of times where I looked at family pictures or class pictures, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot, I'm different. And it's, I have to say, it's one of those things where I never noticed it in one-on-one -on -one interactions. So there was never a clear racism against me or against my skin color. It was one of those realizations. I was like, oh, other people see me differently than how I see myself. And I, I still notice it a little bit now and then where means I can identify with people of the same skin color and I can choose who I want to identify with and those can be like the most awesome people okay. that's I can do that and instead of looking always at uh, white uh, or whiter women uh, who were doing something that I wanted to do and then always kind of feeling like oh yeah but then I'll never get I'll never be that because yeah I'm not that skin color unless we're something else <laughs> but before that it was it wasn't a quote-unquote good thing per se it wasn't like a awesome thing it was always like a oh yeah and then there's the skin color of Henry it's slightly different but it's not a problem that was always the conversation around me about my on the outside so that's how I kind of realized that even when I was younger, it was always there, but it was always mentioned and it was never something that I, I consciously looked at until 
that thought popped up, which you said, I was like, hey, you get to show up that way as if somebody needed to give you permission for it. Yeah, it's silly things like uh, the way I like dress, for example. Sometimes I'm like, oh, should I wear this? Should I wear that? And every now and then it pops up like, oh, wait, I'm black. I can wear white. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That kind of feeling of so like, power in that. Yeah. I, yeah. I always thought that there was like a, a good way and a wrong way to dress. Yeah. It, I think it's just <laughs> you're Henry. I'm yeah. Henry. I never realized that I'm Henry. Yeah. yeah. One of the practical things that I, I noticed last week, um, I have a friend who uh, who has, has designed some beautiful like pajamas and lingerie and she she actually designed uh, this one and uh, she was asked noticing me, that it's really pretty yes it's so gorgeous and she also designed the, um, the like tracksuit pants not like a tracksuit but it's like silky long beautiful uh, like satin um, what is it like loungewear I guess yeah and she asked me to model for it and it was a great day and I got to keep the stuff. Mm. And but it's you know, the way it was given to me, it was like it's lounge wear, it's pajama wear. And that's what I used it for. And then uh, my friend was, was dealing with something and she was like, Oh, can you come over? And I was like, Yeah, I'll just come over in my pajamas, let's have a cup of tea. And I walked in and I was wearing those those satin pants. She was like, Oh my god, I've never seen them before. I was like, Well, oh, they're kind of pajamas. I were you, I would wear that all the time. Like, what? <laughs> you would wear this out? And then I actually did. I experimented with it. And I got so many compliments. I was yeah. like, oh, this is, yeah, I can pull this off. I could actually wear this. Yeah. And then it's it's one of those things where you get to have fun with it. And it's sometimes it does feel a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, I'm wearing pajamas and everybody can tell. But nobody really cares. I don't know. So. Yeah, then to share with people, it's like, oh yeah, you should check this person out. She makes amazing stuff. Look at this. I'm wearing it. That's the the fun I get to have with it. Yeah. As you're speaking, the word there's a word that keeps you know we're both coaches. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a word that keeps coming into my mind. Mm. It's power. Yeah. It's 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 you taking. It's you claiming your power. Yeah. In for yourself. So long. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I have the power to wear pajamas and get compliments, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's 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 one of those things where you always believe you shouldn't wear X, Y, Z because of you know when I was little that that was told to me like you shouldn't wear this on that day. You know, did you have like Sunday clothes when yeah, you were younger? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Mad when I was wearing those Sunday shoes out to school. I was like, I want to show them. And then it's one of those things where you, you never question it, you just repeat it, and then it shows up in your life. Well, that's exactly we're conditioned. Yeah. Right? We're conditioned yeah. by our upbringing, mm-hmm. and generally we're conditioned by limitations. Sure. We're conditioned by the limitations that are placed on us. Yeah. But then again, in 2020, I mean, most people don't even wear regular pants anymore. <laughs> That's why I cut my hair. I was like, listen, I am in an apartment all day, every day. Nobody is seeing 
what I'm wearing. I might as well wear most of the major. Might as well cut my hair, wear pajamas out. Most of the major fashion brands have started coming out with like all loungewear because they're like nobody's buying pants yeah, or yeah. jeans or like real clothes. Yeah, heels, no. no. <laughs> Tight fitting stuff, no. 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 Maybe in <laughs> Vietnam and New Zealand. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we're the only ones. Yeah, always was in control of things. I always got to choose what I look like, what I dress like, what I do, what I don't do, what I say, what I don't say. It was one of the realizations as well. One of my friends, a little bit lighter than my uh, skin tone, he was like, yeah, I'm hanging out with more black people. And I was like, oh, you mean me? I forgot. <laughs> so I, I told him as well, um, because at the, uh, I told him about Youssef, mm -hmm. and at the, there was a beautiful memorial uh, organized uh, for him. On a Sunday night, and uh, we we all sat. It was in Soma, and we all sat down. And um, his parents were on Zoom, and there was uh, a lot of friends. There was a beautiful table with flowers and his pictures and donations to get his body back home. And it was such a beautiful, like, chilling night. And like everybody was kind of crying. Was sitting there. It was like this is really hard, really intense. And um, then we did uh, him. It was uh, one of the preachers. I don't really. I'm not very religious, so I'm not really sure what that, that hymn was. But I just got chills, and there were so many black people there. And one of my good friends who uh, who was there too, and he has been now inviting me more and more to events with his black friends. And I'm part of Black in Saigon. And I remember uh, the first year I was here, I remember walking on the, you know, we'd be in the party street. <laughs> and there was a guy running out of the bar, running towards me. And he was like, oh my God, you're Black. You should join Black in Saigon. I was like, who are you? What do you want? Why is this important? It was like, what? There's a group of people coming together because they're all Black? Strange. I don't. I don't get it. It was no thanks. And now I'm part of it. It's it's a fun adventure. It's a whole new discovery. It's a you, know, you get to experiment with how I am in a group of black people because I always was the only black person. So you get a very different dynamic. And in the beginning, it freaked me out. I was like, wait a second. I was always the special weird one. <laughs> But now it's becoming a very normal thing. And I was like, ah, yeah, that's, you just get to have fun with it. You get to show up and experiment with different sides. And like, yeah, it's, it is permission. It is, but it's a lot more fun and a lot more, it feels very relaxed. It feels, I had a great, um, attending a party this weekend. And there were so many people of different nationalities ethnicities and it felt more of a oh I can relax here I don't have have to put something up I don't have to show or portray something I just get to show up this is me and this is the, the best we're doing right. yeah. yeah yeah and you you even since I've known you you feel more free 
Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feels like yeah. Wow. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier, you mentioned, you know, we're not doing this anymore as far as, um, you know, the situation with your family. Yeah. Is there anything, has anything come of that? Has anything come of what you've been, you know, your realization? Mm-hmm. Have you been able to take that back to your family and to take that back to, you know, having those conversations? Yes. So we always have had a very open, honest uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. We're always, I feel like in my family, one of the things, one of the strengths is we stay together and we always talk through everything. doesn't matter what the problem is, your, your family will figure it out. And uh, when it was kind of a time, around the time where um, uh, Black Lives Matter started in the US and the news and the movement spread to the Netherlands, it has before but not in this magnitude. So when that came up, um, and we have this incredibly racist holiday, I don't know if you know of it, but we have like the, <laughs> it's, it's called Saint Nicholas, and it's basically the, uh, what is it, predecessor of Saint, uh, of Santa Claus, okay. which is a uh, white guy, but not with elves or reindeer, white guy with black dressed up uh, people who hand out candy and deliver the packages and do, you know, steer the boat, uh, do those menial things. Yeah. I had no idea. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's still going on. Um, but every year around that time, there the conversation starts. And I every year, I'm a little bit like, I'm, I don't want to have this conversation because it means that I have to kind of come out and proclaim this is who I am and I'm a little bit I'm I'm a mix and it's a mess. <laughs> so I've never really participated outwardly in that conversation. I was always a bit like mm, that's not really for me. Right. Um, until my family had posted something on Facebook and I was like, ooh, that's very racist. And that's my family. And I was like, okay, I think it's time for me to at least have this conversation in my direct, uh, you know, um, relationships with my, just with my family. Um, And we had, and it was, we had a couple phone calls and it was good, but it was also family. So it's knowing where they come from, knowing what they know, what they've been grown up with, what they've quote-unquote, taught to believe. It is an ongoing process. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's initiating those, and I think with everything going on in the world, with Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. with people having, you know, conversations and things like that, it's, mm-hmm. it's initiating those conversations. Yeah. It's having those difficult conversations. Yes. Yeah. It's having those open conversations where we're willing to hear each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also willing to have some introspection. Yeah. And that's where the change happens. Yeah. Because... People don't get it right all the time, no. and we have to give each other some grace to be able to move forward and learn. Yeah. For those who who are who are willing to. Yes. Yeah. For those who are willing to learn. For those who are willing to say, "Hey, yeah, maybe I got this wrong, mm-hmm. but I hear you, mm-hmm. and 
all the mistakes you make, the easier it gets for to give grace to other people. Is it listen? If I could forgive myself for this, 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 what I what I think I should be completely doing better or differently, it's so much easier to extend that to other people. There's so much truth in that. Do you? And I was thinking this earlier. Do you reflect on that at all? Do you reflect on those moments? Like, do you go back at all and think of times in your life where things have happened? At one time that people did try to exclude me because of my color. And it, to look at it from this perspective, I was like, I was already a little bit sassy back then. I was kind of cool. I was calling them out and I knew they would get in trouble. And, and did you know at the time that that's what they were doing? Yeah. Yeah, you were fully aware. I was aware. Because literally they said, uh, it was a couple of kids, and they said, you are not allowed to go to the bathroom because of your skin color. Literally those words. And the thing was that my mother was there, their parents were there, and I stepped away, and I was kind of like, Like, mom, <laughs> mom, this is their kid, and like they, and they tell me, and I put this like sad, <laughs> sob story. As if I care to go. I feel like I feel like I shouldn't laugh at that, but it's funny because yeah. you're like, laugh. Oh, uh -huh. so, yeah, I was like, oh, you're gonna get in trouble. Now. Oh, I'm gonna be because I'm trouble. Right. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. You cannot say this, right? And now I'm gonna use it against you, right? Yeah. Because you knew how to handle yourself. I knew how to handle myself, but also I didn't really like kids, so I was kind of like... Uh, I don't really want to hang out with you either. No. But I'm going to get you in trouble first, and then we'll leave. Bye. <laughs> so, I mean, wait, what? It was, yeah. I, I actually didn't mean to go you to the bathroom. You taught a lesson. Yeah. But still, you know, generally when someone says, I was excluded and they wouldn't let me go to the bathroom because of the color of my skin. We all go, <gasps> yeah, we don't laugh. <laughs> we don't laugh, but also it's, if I look back at it now, I can laugh because I can see it's children. I was the most exotic thing around. So to then kind of try out, you know, the power struggle that we all have, we all go through. Um, and then because parents had commented on my skin color. It was a thing. So then it's a thing you get as a, ch a child to right. play with and put it in. And then you try something and you get you know, punished for it. And then that never is an issue again. And then to look back, I'm like, I'm happy and, and very kind of proud of 10-year-old me uh, who knew that, you know, what they're saying had nothing to do everything to do with them and I made a decision to get them into trouble. Yeah, I'm proud of 10 year old you yeah. as well <laughs> and that's why I was smiling Yes, I'm proud of 10 year old you as well for being self-aware enough to yeah. say hey it's your problem not mine. Yeah I'm gonna give it back to you. Yeah. yeah. So when you go when you go back and visit mm -hmm. do you think things will be different? If I go back, I will visit different places with different people in different ethnicities. 
I will have those different experiences and that is something that I'm really excited about because because the party last weekend felt like a oh like a step into a warm bath kind of feel because of it was so diverse and now that I'm like man there's more out there there's so many more people so many more experiences so many more things that I now open up to because beforehand I was the most exotic thing in my direct surroundings it's not that you know I it's something that I chose I chose to surround myself with what I was familiar with so mostly predominantly white friends and me and now that you know that has all uh, not changed but that I look at things differently now. Um, I'm, you know, my, my group of friends and the group, my, my, all the experiences that I have is so much more colorful. So that will be very different. Yeah. Yeah. A colorful awakening. Yeah. <laughs> I am so used to not being white enough for white that I'm not really sure. If I would see, I, I would be aware of the I'm not black enough for black, mm. um, and it's it's something that now with coaching, thank God, I'm coaching, right? <laughs> I coach myself through all of these like weirdest thoughts and feelings. Um, I can now clearly see as what is it that you know when you're say quote unquote not accepted, what does that mean? What does that mean? What is it? when somebody says something that I would then interpret as I'm not being accepted, um, I can now look at, it doesn't really matter what other people say, yeah. if my acceptance is completely full, it's, you know, you brush off comments from other people who you don't know anyway, I can decide the same thing as, you know, uh, doesn't matter what a black person says, doesn't matter what a white person says, if I'm really secure and if I'm really confident and happy with what's going on internally, acceptance is already, I have accepted myself and then I don't need other others' approval or I'm not bothered by their non-approval. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's the word? Disapproval. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> There's a lot of words for it. Yeah. People, you know, mm -hmm. people have their own opinions, and other people's opinions are none of your business. No, right? Oh. oh so, no, not really. Yeah. yeah. Who knew? So much fun. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. Other people's opinions are none of your business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think going through that experience of this colorful awakening. Yeah. And, and, you know, living your life as, quote unquote, not white enough for white, mm -hmm. but maybe not 100%. Did you realize it? It's one of those things that's kind of in the background. You realize it, but it's something you also don't want to see per se because of when it ever comes up. It's not a comfortable thing. Right. It never was a comfortable thing. Right. Now to talk about race and skin color, um, it was, you know, you talk about excluding and you talk about different talking about not the same I was well aware that I was different just because in the experiences 
of that I had growing up. I, you know, when we went into when I was a teenager, we went into a store to buy makeup. I couldn't put my hands back into my pockets all the time. It meant zip up, hands out, and I would still have security follow me. They would kind of like swoop in and be like, oh yeah, just casually standing there to me, not my white friends. Um, those subtle differences I noticed over time. Those are microaggressions. It's yeah. Microaggressions. Yeah. Right? That yeah. black people experience yeah. throughout your entire life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, and that is like a, a thing that somebody actually does to you. Exactly. Um, but growing up there was like no makeup for my skin color, there was no, nothing for my hair. Um, I went to the hairdresser and she tried to attack me with this like tiny fine tooth comb, comb and she went to you know, kind of straighten my hair and they would all look like, oh, I don't know what to do with her hair. And I was like, of course you don't know what to do with my hair. You're not me. You're not, you don't have the same hair. You haven't had, I'm the most exotic thing around town. This is, you know, this is different hair. And I got charged more for having difficult hair. And those kind of things, that's what I noticed growing up. And now that I don't see it as a problem, I don't see it as something that I have to figure out, I now look forward to conversations about skin color and about differences and about, you know, how we're basically all basically the same, but of course, with a, with a dip to a different it's pigment. Yes. Is there anything that's been really, really difficult? Mm. When it first, when it first started, when like the the Black Lives Matter movement kind of came up in the Netherlands, that was difficult to see. And my friends, and my family, and interacting with that. That was something that was a little bit confrontational for me to catch myself on some judgments, catch myself on, hold on, I was raised in this predominantly white family, white surroundings, so the way I look at Black Lives Matter is from that perspective. And I initially casted some judgment of all lives matter. And I, because I felt like I was part of the white and I looked at the black as a separate, separate person, separate people. And that was a very difficult phase for me to look at, hold on, what, what is going on? What am I saying? And it was somebody who actually commented on something that I had said. That made me kind of awake, like, wait, huh. I'm being kind of racist here against my own color, against my own background. And that's something that I'm looking forward to, um, to explore more and to kind of guide myself through. Like, there's going to be a lot of pain, there's going to be a lot of you know, discomfort, but... Yeah, that was that was something that was very uh, difficult to to come to terms with, basically. Yeah. No. 
and it takes work. It takes work. Yeah. It takes work. It takes um, energy. There's a lot of crying involved, a lot of stress, a lot of you know, struggles. Who do I reach out to? What do I? What do they think if I show up with this internal battle of like, oh, how can I think I'm black? <laughs> like who do you share that with? Who do you talk that through with? Um, but yeah, I, I have a coach, so I'm so thankful for that as well. Uh, so I'm now it feels like I'm a little bit fearless as in doing it. I'm all in. Yeah, it feels that way. Yes, it yeah. feels like you're just a hundred percent open and, and open for it. Yeah. Have you had any of your friends who are not black come to you? No. Okay. <laughs> not really. Not in a, we need to talk about this. No. No. It was the, 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 the racist holiday um, back home has opened that a little bit. They did say a couple of times, uh, what do you think of it? But because that was never a conversation, I never talked about my skin color and the difference, mm -hmm. that it was not one of those things we talked about. Um, so I'm curious if that changes now, if I, when I go back, because I'm a lot more open to talk about it, um, if that changes. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, that'll be really interesting. Yeah. To see how that evolves. Yes. I think I'll... Um, I'd, I'd like to look up that holiday, maybe put it in the show notes. Sure. So that yeah. people can read about it. And because yes. and, I think most of us, probably if you're not from the Netherlands, you're not familiar with it. But mm -hmm. since we talked about it, I think that would be an important thing to put in the show notes for this episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, one last question. Sure. I'm going to hit you with a, I'm gonna hit you with a big one. So you mentioned a few times the word racist, um, saying racist things. Mm -hmm. How do you define being racist? Um, good question. I didn't look up the definition. <laughs> How do you define it? How do I define it? Um, how I see it is that the judgment based on what you see on the outside and assume certain characteristics certain things about that person because of the package the person comes in. Mm -hmm. And I catch myself doing it, I catch everybody doing it in different, mm -hmm. uh, would you say, degrees or shades? Yeah. Um, so what I now uh, try to change in my vocabulary, it's, I, I don't want to throw around the word racism and uh, too much because it's such a like, loaded thing. And for me to have it in a conversation, to be okay with conversations about racism, I approach it from the way of its ignorance and it's, it takes effort to get to know a person beyond what you see in the first place. If you don't take that effort, something may come up racist. If you do take that effort, everybody's awesome. <laughs> so that's how I kind of approach it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I think it's it's kind of this idea you don't know what you don't know. No, I have no idea. Right? Yeah. Right. And yeah. I know 
I think you and I spoke about this a little when I when I initially asked you to do the podcast. Mm. Uh, you know, it's this idea of you can say something racist in a moment, yeah, but it doesn't mean you're a racist yeah. necessarily. Mm. Necessarily, mm. right? So, for example, one thing that I've caught myself in and I've reflected on with, with Black Lives Matter was um, playing the playing the card of of oh well, I know somebody who's black or I I'm friends with somebody yes. who's black. Yes. Oh, because I love those. because well, I'm married. I'm married to a Muslim. Yeah. Arabic man. Yeah. And I have a Muslim Arabic family. Yeah. And I lived in West Africa for four years. Yeah. So, of course I'm not racist. Yeah. <laughs> right? I know I've made statements like that before. And then when Black Lives Matter came along, mm-hmm. and people were like, uh-uh, you can't play that card. And I went, I need to reflect on that. I need to reflect on that heavily. I need to really think about what I say and how I say it. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm a racist person. It just means maybe I've misspoken or said things. And that would be an example of a reflection yeah. from somebody who's white. Right. Right. And so it's, it's, it's just ignorance, not knowing right. how it can be perceived in yeah. different ways. Right. And then when someone pointed it out, and I went, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Hear, you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's, it's a fact. I am married to a Muslim man. Mm-hmm. However, it doesn't satisfy all the words you say. Yeah. <laughs> does not. It, it does not. My experience is just different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's. I think that's really important to yeah. also acknowledge is that yeah. we don't know what we don't know. It's these open conversations. It's mm-hmm. these hard conversations. It's these honest conversations yeah. that really can help us to relate to each other as people, yeah. as humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe also help us to not be so afraid. Because I think a lot of times people are just afraid. I think especially because things get so heated and there's so much tension, I think people oftentimes are afraid to have the conversation mm-hmm. because they're so afraid they're going to say something wrong or they're yeah. so afraid that they're going to they're going to mess up yeah. and then they're going to get, you know, canceled, crucified. Yeah, exactly. Canceled. Exactly. That's and that's yeah. where and that's that cancel culture and that, you know, mm, yeah, that you know, they just people just jump on you. Yeah. And uh, it's not taking the time to to hear people out mm-hmm. and you know help them to become more aware because yeah. awareness is where that's the first step to yeah. learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's one of those things where now that we've recorded this in twenty twenty one, there are so many things that won't age well over time for us mm-hmm. in what we think we're okay with now. Yeah. And then in twenty years time, if we really listen back to this conversation, I mean. There are going to be things that have been changed. Absolutely. So revisiting this will be, you know, from a different perspective. Yeah. And I just think as long as you're keep, you know, you keep evolving, keep growing, and kind of keep listening with open ears to what other people say, and not per se, you know, take that and uh, take their opinion as something that is so important. And everything has to change now it's more of a ah how am i wrong here how am i right here what do i feel how do where do they come from and then you evolve into something else yeah i agree with you and i mean there may be people listening who don't agree with us and what we're saying and and that's okay too and you know maybe they can let us know what 
you know, in a respectful what way. We said. In a respectful <laughs> way, you know, they can also let us know. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know, here's my perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Because again, you don't know what you don't know. But yeah. we're, ha- we're we're ma- we're taking the first step of having that honest conversation. Yes. Of sitting down and having that honest conversation. Yeah. And I think that's what's really that's that's the first step. Yeah. That's what really matters. And then you can have it with yourself, and then just amazing things grow from that. Thank you so much for being here today, Henry. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your your vulnerability, your honesty, and your openness. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is a really important conversation for us to have. And so I'm so grateful that you were our first guest on A Story to Share. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Wonderful. Really enjoyed having you. And we're so excited. (laughs) Just part of this journey. And thank you for being the first person to join us. You're welcome. All right. Thank you for joining us on A Story to Share. Uh, Thank you for joining us on our premiere episode. Please like, share, and subscribe. And you can catch us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'll see you soon.